Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Priority Roll. My name is Dan and once again, two weeks in a row, I'm joined by the wonderful James Tinsdale to talk all about Ideneth Deepkin. Welcome back, James. Hi, thanks for having me again. Not, not at all. Happy to have you here. We're going to be talking all about Ideneth Deepkin lists. Which is exciting. Which is incredibly exciting because last episode we discussed uh, the various changes to the Ideneth Deepkin that the Broken Realms Marathi book brought. And now we're going to talk about how that might look on the tabletop. So James has come up with a couple of list ideas that you may be inspired by. And I have spent the past week coming up with an incredibly silly list, which probably isn't very competitive, but I wanted to make it work anyway. <laughs> I'm so, excited to hear it. I, I mean, I'm incredibly excited to tell you about it. Yeah. Um, well, let's, ju- let's just say it's... Uh, should, I, should, I, should, I, should I ruin it? Spoilers? Or should we save it to the end? Up to you, man. You're the host. Oh, well, oh God, the pressure, the pressure's on. Right, it's a surprise, and it will come at the end. There we go. I was so, save the best till last. Exactly. It is the most, it's the top-notch list. You, this will dominate the tables in 2021. So, James, <laughs> yes. when when I set you the homework of creating a couple of lists, what, what was going through mm-hmm. your heads? What kind of list did you want to come up with? Um, conceptually. Well, like, conceptually, what, you'd like a, you a, list, a list themed around sea creatures, so a Keelian core. And then you go to the Namati core, because again, it's a, it's a heavily Namati-based army. Um, stuff like Morfan is a great enclave for that. So you go away, you start thinking about how these armies can operate, what their roles would be like in them. And, you know, I've written lists that I think are fun and themed, and you have a great hobby time painting your army and assembling those units as well. So like collectively, it looks really nice. Um, and you'd have a lot of fun playing it, like a lot of variance in the missions. You can play multiple missions in different ways. You've got a lot of different rules that you're playing which is also interesting as a player. You know, when you play a list a lot, one of the things that you can suffer from is like, you know, if, if you play more so like I have for so long, the War Scroll almost becomes just, you know, not boring, but you've played it so many times. It's nice to have a variance within the army. So try to go for that as well. Uh, and look at different enclaves, which ultimately I did, but I still feel like the Namati and the Achillean guys go into the Futan and Domain enclaves the best. But these are kind of lists that I think you could easily go three, two, four, and one with have a bit of fun, or you just take your local club and have a really fun time um, in a sort of back and forth game with friends as well. Because we we did discuss, didn't we? Saying just we don't need to detail the twenty seven eel list. You know that's well known. People have played. That's you know it's obviously a very strong list. So this is something that maybe is inspired by Broken Realms, inspired by a variety variants in in rule sets, and and see how you can get out of the army beyond just sheer brute force absolutely we were looking for something a little bit different mm-hmm. which so, you certainly should, have should we talk about i have certainly gone for something a little bit mad <laughs> but um and it, and it wouldn't be my list if it if it wasn't a little bit bonkers um so should sure. we talk about should we talk about sea creatures first or should we talk about um something else let's let's do sea creatures because i mean everyone loves sharks who doesn't love sharks right yeah i love sharks and also um and leviadons you know those are the two styles of the broken realms i feel so and also you know really cool models to paint and build especially for new players um so yeah it's so the killing corpse battalion is probably the centric to all this cool so let's let's uh let's talk through what that what to show the importance of being low drop Mm-hmm. So the Achillean core is a Leviathan, two to four Achillean guard, and one to two units of Alapexes. Indeed, which is quite spicy, right? Because they're the units you want to be taking. Well, I mean, 
now it's just good <laughs> it's just three good things whereas before you were thinking leviathan yeah you know fine i'll have a turtle and i'll go max guard max msu guard and then i'll take one mm-hmm. unit of alapexes but i i think you well well let's find out but i i think you go two alapexes um but yeah yep, let's, I've got let's two. find out yep. um well i've got two variations of this so two lists um one one is like the traditional sort of cool Achilles core list. The second is probably um, a bit different because it's got some thralls in it, which you, which which you add outside the battalion. So the first the first iteration of it, if you will, I'm going with Volturnus at the top uh, with the Void Shield Darkness Mount Trait, which is can, quite cool. Can uh, unique characters take a Mount Trait? They can. That's very interesting. So I can confirm that for you. There's nothing to say they ever couldn't. It's just very um, relatively it's just, a new. It's just uh, one because... of those things where they can't take artifacts or command abilities. So, and those are extra rules, and mm-hmm. traits are extra rules. Therefore, logically, logically, you must think that they can't. But it's, they are. That's, that's not a thing. No, but it's a sexy grey area where since mount traits have developed and begun, the, the rules state that all mounts have a mount trait. Absolutely. So it, it is the, you it can is the, um, the character that is unique, not their mount. Exactly. Um, Un- unless, of although course, in they, some they cases, are. <laughs> unless, unless of true. course, they are named I mount. Mean, take you down the grey area. But for yeah. now, I'll tell you that the Deep Mare and Vortanus can certainly have a mount trait. So Void Chill Darkness um, is what I've gone with, which is the minus one to hit. Again, really strong... Um, rule then we i've discussed got this, we discussed this last week about how useful that is not only because absolutely it's minus one on him but it's because it's a minus one aura that affects attacks that don't even target him no and the, and obviously you want it on him because he's going to go in on high tide with the other units of the killing core and hit as hard as he can and ultimately going to have something hit back and when they do they'll be at minus one so it's an additional protection but more importantly it keeps full turnus alive if something gets to him early, right? So I want I want to use him turn three in the Dom Enclave for high tide. If something can get to him early, because I've got I've got very low models, um, that minus one might help him survive. So, so before you go on to the next models, um, can mm-hmm. I just ask which sub faction are you running? Which um, Dom Hain? What what are they called in the Ironneth Deepkin? What chamber or city? On, it's just en- Enclave, Enclave Dom Hain. There we go. There we go. Enclave Dom Hain. So that's where we're at, and that gives me the rerolls on the charge to wound against monsters. Interestingly, the Domhain Achillean Core can include up to six units of Achillean Guard. Indeed. So I could have gone further with this, but I've arranged that. Um, six is a lot to get in, and I think at the time, you probably got a lot of minimum units there if you wanted to do that. Um, but I've, I've kept it to try and include Alapexes and Leviathans as well, which I think are very good. Um, so I've gone six Morsar Guard, six Morsar Guard, three Ishlayan Guard, three Morsar Guard, an Alapex, another Alapex, a Leviadon, a Kylian Core, and I bought an additional command point to help Volturnus commandability. Um, and that's it. That is essentially, I want to say, that's two drop, which it is, because you've got to add, you've got to add the king as a separate drop. Um, so it's two drops. So my opponent's going to be going first almost always. I'm going to have a high chance for double turn. I've still got 15 eels. I've got, in the shooting meta, I thought three Ishlayan Guard would be nice to push out I'm getting my plus one save from the Tides, plus one save from the Leviathan. So I've got a two-up Ishlayan Guard, ignoring Rend at the forefront of my army. So if someone does teleport, like some pesky salamanders, or if something's got high-end shooting, um, I can protect my army um, and use the other three more so I can screen the other side, which are susceptible to Rend, of course, but they're still going to have plus one, maybe plus two save if I can deploy them with the Leviathan. And yeah, it's Tom Haynes, so I'll be plus one save turn one, I'll be run charge turn two, which is great in this army. 
And then I turn three as a defense mechanic sometimes. I strike first if I lose the roll-off. If I win the roll-off, I go in with strike first. Um, this time it would hit like a freight train. And no Namati in sight. However, there is a slight variance on the list. So did you did you not did you not feel like in order to take advantage of the Levardon's uh, drums ability that you'd wanted to include some Namati? Well, I'm, that's the variance list. Oh, there so we I've, go. I've there varied, we go. There I've varied go. this slightly, and I've added. So I still have Volturnus, uh, same mount trait, but I have a Soul Scry now for some delivery. I have ten thralls, three Ishlian Guard, six Morsar, three Morsar. Three more saw Alapex, Alapex, Leviathan, Achillean Core. So I've added um, the Midnight Cloud on the Scryer, because obviously the previous list loses its artifact, because my only hero is a, is a, is a named hero. Um, and I ignore minus one rend on the Leviathan always. And I want to say that's called the Reverberating Carapace um, Mount Trait, but it's the one that ignores minus one rend. Um, yeah, and basically the, the role of those trolls is to protect the home objective and to go with the Leviathan, that only moves 10. So um, the and ignore minus one rend is the ancient amount trait. There you go, the ancient amount trait, sorry. Yeah. The so reverberating carapace is the increase of the void drum's ability to a twelve uh, to ah, a fifteen inch range rather than a twelve inch range. That's right, yeah. I've got them mixed up. But yeah, ultimately it's the minus one reduced rend. Because obviously I want all my Leviathan to survive and I want it to degrade um, as slowly as possible. Because I think once it's taken nine wounds, the shell starts to, to crack and degrade. So I need to delay that for as long as I can. Really, I'm playing a three-turn game with this. But this entire army is fast-moving. Uh, it charges. It can run charge turn two. It can be anywhere it wants, really. Um, there's no source fire in this list, because I don't think you need it, because the speed you have is just phenomenal. Um, and I think the Soul Scryer is best uh, in the Namati list I've got next, which is like to help deliver them and keep them out of harm's way necessarily. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Achillean core lists. I think either one of those is viable. Both feature two Alapexes, both feature a Leviathan. Um, you're going to stop a lot of people piling against you, and you're going to have a lot of fun with your Morsar guards. So here's a question for you, James. Mm-hmm. What about Nautilar? Nautilar is very good. It is a very good one. And enclave. taking two Leviadons in your Achillean core. Can, uh, can you see yeah. legs with that? Or indeed, or indeed <laughs> fins? <laughs> yeah, let's put your fins in that. I would say the only reason I, I, I strayed away from Nautilar a little bit was because as much as I would love a double Leviadon list. A double Don. Uh, it, can, <laughs> do you think the double Don meta is, is where it's at? I almost certainly will take over 2021, but if you want to be a cool kid and stray away from that, I would say that perhaps bodies, you still need bodies to win. What? Uh, what? Scenario you need some play. sort of objective capturing game? <laughs> yeah, you still need it. So I think one, the Viadon is probably enough. Um, two is just obviously amazing from a hobby point of view, but I think two is probably too much. But there's not to say you couldn't do it. And Nautilar, I think if you're running two, Nautilar is definitely the home for it. Like, I no think question. with, with Nautilar, if you were running two double dons, two double dons that would be four but fine um if you were running <laughs> double don i think you go minimum eels minimum sharks and then yeah. stock up yeah. on namati because have, yeah if you're running double dons you, you it's it's a strange one because it's an achillean core list that enables you to do double don but in all if you've got two turtles you might as well be running lots of namati but you've already spent lots of money on eels and sharks yeah so i think i think you go like, minimum sharks and uh, uh, just just the one, sorry, just the one shark and minimum eels, and then um, chock it up full of Namati. Yeah, if I was going to do double don, it would be in Warfan. It would be with multiple saw renders, loads of Namati. You know, with with, with regen, bringing them back to life, returning Namati to the units, um, and probably go that way. I think uh, I wouldn't take the Keating Corps Battalion um, for for double don because the second one can't go in the battalion anyway. 
Um, so, well, no, no, that's purely... the whole point. It's that the Nautilar Achillean core can include up to two. Oh, of Achillean course, divides. yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah, it would actually in that sense. But no, but still, I think as you say, I think better, I think double. That, that's the whole point. Is that double don builds itself towards a very nomati heavy list but yeah. the faction that allows you to go double don is an achillean core list which doesn't quite yeah. make sense but i mean unless you absolutely love turtles in which case crack on <laughs> oh is that the first one say again first pun crack on yeah crack, crack the shell isn't it crack the the sh- in the oh, right. oh right no I, d- I hadn't even i hadn't even gone for that but you know sure yeah fine a free pun there you go, free pun. An unintentional pun. Right, talk to me about your Namati list. Yeah, so this is the Namati core list. I think this. I think you could. I think you could run this. Uh, uh, like no, and no joke. Have like four performance at an event. You know, with with the right games. Uh, so first up, is, what uh, what sub faction are you playing? We're in the Futan Enclave. My okay. personal favourite. Yeah, and why is it your uh, favourite? Because it uh, reverses the tides, uh, and if you do so, so Futan changes some tides. So they, they don't ever have retreat and charge, but they replace uh, the, that, that wave with a run and charge again. So they've got tw- two run and charge, which again becomes turn five when you reverse the tides. When you take a tide caster and you combine it with Futan, you flip the tides. So high tide now becomes turn two and you run and charge turn one. Well, I think when you're playing Namati heavy lists, delivering them and then having that turn two as a protection for they're still striking first um, is probably a necessity, really. Wait until turn three, you might lose too many boys. So I think Futan is a perfect home for a Namati uh, heavy list. So is Morfan, though. Morfan is the other contentious one where if you're really into returning models with soul renders, then Mighty Core list in, uh, in Morfan is probably really good. The only downside is they can wipe minimum units of thralls and reavers pretty quickly. So you might never get to use it. Whereas I like that's why I like to be proactive and aggressive with Futan and have high tide turn two. So it's just you, very you difficult for your opponent to do and you reverse yeah. the tides. Well, flipping is reversing, yeah. So I flip the tides and then they become reversed. And then they become reversed. So could you And you do that by taking the tide caster as general. Read could you like if you're gonna give this this uh this army a name, you could call it the blazing squad eel list. <laughs> Because if yes, you were, you if you're the the aged kind of aged listener that you know was in was uh, listening to the radio in 2003, and you will of course remember Blazing Squad's excellent single "Flip Reverse It." Flip Reverse It, what a song! But yeah, I've got no more Sargard in this list. That's that's where we're at. Um, but the general will be the Tycaster. I've okay. taken the Born from Agony Command, the Born from Agony Command trait, which is plus two wounds, which is I think pretty much. What you would always take, because she has a rule that negates a wound in that turn. So to take um, plus two wounds just helps us keep her alive a little bit longer. I've taken Leandra's Last Lament as the artifact on her. And I've got the uh, Steel Tide spell, which is if there's a herself or a hero within three, she can teleport them within 24 inches nine away from her, another unit. Basically, it's to relocate herself, really. Or the aspect of the Storm, which is in the list, who also has the Cloud of Midnight. So he can be relocated if you manage to get the spell off. I've also got a soul scribe, and then I've got a soul, uh, two soul renders. One is in the battalion, one is not. The reason I've taken two is to help support the, all the Monomati on the board. And we go into the Monomati Corpus Battalion, so I have 10 thralls, 10 thralls, 20 reavers, 10 reavers, one alapex, one alapex, and a leviathan. And the reason I do that is because the alapexes are denying pylons, my thralls are on the front line hitting the screens. I'm using the soul scryer in the sea with the, with the 20 reavers to bring them on so they're within nine so they can get their um, additional shots if they can get into if they can get a charge off they get three shots 
it's within uh, a, a short distance. Uh, and the, hopefully the storm can relocate and give them more plus one to wound. So it's quite a, an alpha heavy Namati list that uh, has the, has a storm in it. It has troll damage in it. It has a big blob of reavers that can run and shoot in Futan. Uh, or you can run and charge turn one. So my reavers, I could even deploy them. I could command point them six so they could potentially run 14 and shoot. So there's a lot of play in it. Not to mention I've got my Leviadon giving me plus one save, because you don't benefit from plus one save from the tides if you reverse it. So the Leviadon is there still to give that plus one save. Um, and it gives That's interesting. So it mitigates against the loss of that. Exactly. And also you get plus one to hit, right? So that's a big deal as well, for Thralls and Reavers. So I'm getting plus one to hit and plus one save. The Leviadon's flying around in the middle of all these Namartis. It looks epic. You've got your Alapexes on the flank hitting units that you don't want to pile. You know, you're doing a lot of things, as many things as you can to protect your Namarti units. I've got two Soul Renders that are returning, probably replenishing endless spell damage on your in your Thralls or chip damage, if you will, from water wound spells uh, on your on Namarti units. And yeah, I think it's a really cool combo. I think the list has a lot of legs. If you're going to play the Marty list, I think that's how you would do it. Uh, obviously, still super aggressive, packs loads of damage. The shooting aspect of the Reavers, I know a lot of people say, oh, just fours and fours. But when you get close range and you get three shots each and it's a lot of dice, um, it, it can get nasty. And sometimes you need to reach out and kill that one five wound support character like a hag or... Um, What's is it? This uh, Buster Crater from Corny or something like that. That's a key piece. Uh, maybe even Skinks Star Priest. Uh, and, and Reavers are your only way, way to get to them, really. So, really cool list. I think Futan is probably the best home for it. Uh, and certainly a list I would play. Oh, I'm going to play it. So, I have it all. So, I'm going to play it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And the aspect of the Storm is really cool as well because he gives everyone plus one to wound. So, your thralls are twos and twos, right? And not only that, you're also re rolling wounds of one for Futan mounts, and mounts anyway because of the sub-faction ability. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so I can reroll re ones on mount traits on my mounts always, even if I haven't charged. So the Alapex and the Leviadon, are, they, they're not like the Morsar Guard with their random damage increases in the charge. So even if I get charged, my wound roll is so much more consistent now on the shark's bites. So if I can do some damage and get that plus one attack on my shark's bites, the wound roll should be pretty consistent as well. So, and not to mention they're plus one to wound from the storm. So there's a lot going on there that, synergizes really well all together with these new rules and i think this list is probably a good list to play for deepkin players that don't just want to run a lot of more psychops so i think there's a lot of interesting there's a lot of tactical play in, in how you keep your namati alive where you position your soul renders how you separate your army what's going to go with the soul scryer where's the storm going to go um, but I think it's a really cool list. That's interesting. And and do you think Futan is the only way to go for that one, or would you consider running it under any of the sub-faction? No, you could easily run this under Morphan. The one with the Soul Renders, um, where they can return additional additional units, um, I think that would be definitely a home for it. You could do Domhain. Um, I don't know if that's... See, the whole reason of Futan is to get that tide reversed and to have high tide turn too because i think if the longer you wait in a mart is very susceptible to die and being wiped out so i think if they hit hard and fast early much pretty much like a deepkin raid from 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 the law um you can probably look to reduce five to seven hundred points of your opponent's army turn two and then maybe play two thousand against thirteen hundred for the rest of the game and see if that, if you can win that game so i think that's probably the strength of the list is how aggressive it can be turn one because a lot of people will underestimate the damage Namati uh, Thralls and Reavers can do. Uh, and anyone who's ever played me and my Namati Corpse knows how much damage they can do. So it's just a case of delivering them. And the Scryer, the run and charge turn one 
Because if, if you do your opponent first turn, they move into the middle of the board, you can still run and charge. You can still run and shoot with your Reavers. So you've got a lot of options in deployment as well, which is a key thing, I think, for winning games. I think the threat range of Reavers is something that people, because they're not often seen because so many people are running eels, I think the threat range of Reavers is something that an inexperienced player could get thoroughly caught out on. Yeah, well, I used to run them as man's that you're like a dragon because I couldn't, he could, he could go first, right, and, and nastily so. However, if I could pump a unit of 10 Reavers into him, drop 10 wounds off him, and then um, maybe shoot him in the next turn, he would go down without fighting anybody. Or I could go in with my um, Warsaw Guard, and even though it wasn't high tide, I could use my mortal wounds to, get, to finish him off before he got to go first. Um, so it was a nice little combo. I had a lot of success with killing Crystal Court Dragons that way. Um, I've also been eaten a lot by them. But at the time, they were a really good answer to that. I think anything in the activation wars, like if you're a um, if you're if you're a deep can player with Namati, how do you get around the Hearthguard wall? You know, how do you engage with Hearthguard Berserkers in Hermdar? Maybe Reavers, if you shoot the banner off and you shoot some of the other little footpads off. Maybe that's a way to get around it. Then you well, stop the pile. So I, I think the, the the sharks allow you to do a little bit of pinning. Yeah, but you want to remove that four up after save, right? So you you of shoot course. the banner off, you shoot the heroes of intent, you pin them with the with, with the nets quite fittingly. If a little dwarf, be very angry to be stuck in a net, and then your turtle goes in and pins on the corner. Then you can maybe send in some Michelin guard with a two, you know a three up save on the other side. Or you put some charge it, so they, they go in as well. They ignore rend. It causes problems for the Hearthguard because they don't want to retreat, waste a turn retreating. So it's quite spicy, I think. Yeah, that sounds really cheeky. You are you are clearly requiring on, uh, relying on rather, uh, Pressure of the Deep, which you would need to roll, what, uh, more than the model's wound characteristic? So a six to get rid of that Hearthguard uh, buffer? You would, but you could just you could just shoot him. Um, you just shoot the banner guy, the, the hero with the banner behind the unit. And then if you wanted to use Pressure of the Deep, I think you will see this from... So I suppose you, you've got enough shots at that range to mitigate against the minus one to hit from Lookout, sir, haven't you? Yeah, and also, you know, um, you get things like plus one to hit from the Leviathan, plus one to move from the Storm. You get enough shots through to do five, five wounds to a decent four-up hero. Uh, but it's an option, it's a threat if, any, if anyone's unaware, the, the Marty Reavers do have two uh, Whisper Bow modes of shooting. They've got aimed fire, which is 18 inches, one attack, fours, fours, rend nothing, damage one. Or they can reduce it to nine inches, essentially half range, they get three attacks. Same profile. Yeah. They just triple their attacks at half range. So where that becomes scary is if you've got like, let's say you're playing a hero mission, you're playing something, your, your opponent's arm is mid-board and they have something like a hag that's quite reliant on being close to the unit it wants to buff. You don't have to bring these guys online away with a scribe. You can just start them on the edge of your deployment zone. They move eight base, you can run them um, with the command point for six. They can re-roll the run roll. So you, do, you rarely ever spend the command point, but you do have the option. So you're going to go 14. And now if you're within nine of that hero behind the unit, you're dropping 60 shots on them with plus one to hit, plus one to wound. So there's a high volume of shots there that you can do without having to engage with armies like that. Um, another trick of this list, if you wanted to previously, you wouldn't see pressure of the deep, which is um, it's a spell, uh, as you mentioned before, where you roll higher than the wound count. But if you're pinning units that can't pile with the sharks, if you can pressure with the deep, um, let's say a Hearthcar Berserker in the middle of that line, they can't actually fix it, so they'll lose half the unit. So it's it's quite a cool tool now to break coherency, which you didn't previously really use, but you could do it. Um, and I think you might see more of that now with the Tidecaster spell choice, because it's always traditionally been Steed of Tides. I think that anything that allows you to 
increase the choices in terms of whether it's spells or allegiance abilities, you know, mount traits, or whatever. Anything like these Marathi rules that have introduced more choices so that it isn't an auto-include or it isn't an auto-decision. I think that's great for the game. You'll see more variation in lists. You'll also see more variation in playstyle. So not just a very similar list with a similar place, uh, a very different list with a similar playstyle, but you also see different lists with different playstyles. Absolutely. And if you if you see someone's Namati list and they're running Pressure of the Deep instead of Seed of the Tides, you know they're looking to pin you, prevent the piling, and snipe a character or snipe a model. You know, whatever, probably going to be a model from a unit because it's only a 12 inch range from the Tidecaster. But ultimately, those are, as, as an opponent deploying against it, you have to be very aware. And now all of a sudden, you're stacking your units into two ranks you don't necessarily want to be doing when you get into stuff like 30, 40 mil bases. If you're a Stormcast player, you don't really want your guys, you know, these 30 liberators that are coming from these Stormkeeps. You don't want them having to be, you want them stretched out, don't you? You don't want them susceptible to having their line broken. So these are tools that I think you'll see come to fruition for Deepkin in, in the coming months. Yeah, really interesting. And I think uh, the use of things like the Soul Scryer to use the Finder of the Ways ability to teleport units is uh, anything that allows you that, that, you know, games are one loss in the movement phase, right? And being able to project your influence around the board is a really critical aspect of being able to pressure your opponent. Because if you've got a list that, you know, deploys somewhere along your deployment zone and there's no special tricks that your opponent has no other things to worry about because the army that he's going to face or he or she is going to face is the army that they've got in front of them whereas anything where you're saying ah oh, this this unit could do this then that's just an additional thing for your opponent to consider whether or not you do it is another thing but even having we i always say on this podcast the threat of being able to do something is sometimes as good as doing it itself. Oh, the threat of the deep strike from the Soul Scry deployments, one of the strongest tools the Deepkin army has. The first drop of every Deepkin player is the Soul Scry goes in the Ethereal Sea, right? And then your opponent has to think, well, what's going to go with him? It's usually eels. It could be a Leviathan in this case. It could be a, it could be an aspect of the storm because they're coming on with plus three to charge, but sometimes plus six if you're running dual soul scryer. So it's a real headache for people with support characters behind their lines. They don't want people to creep up on. Um, and you don't always have to bring your unit on turn one either. The soul scryer threat remains, you know, throughout the game until he comes on really. So it, it's just another option in deployment for the deep gen army. That, and I'm keeping players use soul scryers, you know, almost auto include for years, but he's such a valuable tool. Not to mention, he, he can kind of do, it depends, on how, you have to roll quite high, but he can also do the um, the rituals as well. So he can turn off fly, he can give, um, he can bu- he can buff your idol on um, with, with, with the ritual. So he does have a little bit of use as well. Um, so he's quite a cool piece. So should we talk about my list? Let's do the main event. Let's do it. Let's do the main event. We've, we've had the warm-up. Yeah, we've, we've had, had the... the traditional, you know, decent competitive lists. Let's... But if you actually want to win games, yeah, then, if you want to win, pin your if you ears want to be back. part of the 2021 meta, get ready. You are going to be wanting to bring an alliance of wood and sea. <laughs> so it's it's such a, a good call from Battalion as well, thematically. Yeah, yeah, sod that thematic stuff, right? This is okay. legit. Power good, gaming. Right? Okay, yeah, honestly. So, so first of all, what is the alliance of wood and sea? I hear you will cry. Well, an Alliance of Wood and Sea consists of the following units. One Tidecaster, two Achillean Guard, one Throws, one Reavers, one Alapex. And you're thinking, okay, so far so Ideneth. But it sounds very similar. If only you could have some variety in there. If only you could have some sort of Sylvaneth. Well, listener, dear listener, one Branch Witch, two units of Dryads, and a Tree Lord Ancient. Which is epic. Boom. 
So, I mean, you're already winning at life because you've got a dual faction battalion and any dual faction battalion immediately gets my vote but just because it's it's cool and thematic and fun right <laughs> so what absolutely insane sub faction are you going to be using for this is it going to be futan is it going to be domhain all the usual ones right everything that mm. you, obviously you don't need to run, you don't need to run iron rack because allies get in our allies in iron rack get tides of the death abilities however your uh, alliance of the wooden sea war scroll already gives you that so strength of the atheism sylvaneth units from this battalion have tides of death battle tree and gain abilities from a tides of death table in the same manner as ideneth deepkin units so there we go boom boom so you're already getting that so you didn't need that so you're thinking all right what could complement this well dear listener you ready for this briomdar <laughs> right and i know no one's ever run briomdar before so for a reminder of what it actually does your abilities are as such so if a Briomdar Soulscryer uses the Finder of the Ways ability, up to three friendly Briomdar units can join them instead of only two. In addition, you can set up the units that join a Briomdar Soulscryer wholly within 18 inches of the Soulscryer instead of wholly within 12. And Unstoppable Raiders, Briomdar, and this is, I think this is, this is why I went for Briomdar. So the, the Soulscryer buff is, is cool and actually informed uh, how I built the list. But more importantly, the Unstoppable Raiders point is something that i i genuinely i, I know i'm being a bit facetious you know alliance of the sea realistically alliance of the wooden sea isn't the best thing since sliced bread and briomdar is a bit of a niche choice however i think this is genuinely quite a, a cool thing so briomdar units that cannot normally fly ignore terrain features when they move as if they could fly note that this does not allow them to ignore enemy models when they move so it's just terrain right and then the war scroll battalion buff is that uh, in a marty core you can uh, include up to six units in a marty weave but you're not running those so it doesn't matter so running the minimum battalion you are on i want to say 15 40 points uh sorry that's minimum battalion plus soul scribe. obviously you're taking soul scribe to take advantage of the the sub-faction ability of course um and the that you're thinking okay so what's the soul going to go with i think the eels are there they they are a choice and again you want your opponents to be considering okay i'm going to have up to six eels potentially outflanking but I think they are, because they can already fly, and, and this is the, the interesting bit, is you can actually obviously choose which units your Soul Scryer deploys with during deployment. So you can mix it up. If, if there isn't a huge amount of terrain on the board in your opponent's flanks, then um, or, or they've, they've screened really well, you may, might be wanting to use your eels because you want to be able to fly over units because that's what the eels do naturally with the keyword fly. However, if you've got some really juicy-looking line-of-sight-blocking terrain on the flanks, I genuinely think you could maybe buff up your units of Throws to 20, and then you deploy a unit of Throws with a couple of units of Reavers on the flanks. Maybe you take in a, another unit of uh, Throws at the back line. Um, but this, th this is kind of what I was thinking. But if, if you scroll back to just the War Scroll Battalion, plus obviously the Soul Scryer, it does give you a, a core to build on, which I think is quite flexible because the Sylvaneth that you've got in here don't actually count towards your allied total. And that's really, really important. So in the core rules designer's commentary, it says that um, units that would otherwise have been allies, if they're included in a War Scroll Battalion, don't count as allies. It's on page 10 on the left-hand side, uh, if you want to check. But... James, they wouldn't count as Ideneth units, right? Just because the War Scroll Battalion has the Ideneth keyword doesn't mean that they get the keyword. No, I don't think so. That's a shame because I, ha I have images of outflanking Tree Lord Ancients that can, you know, fly. <laughs> but as I say, if you scroll back to just that minimal battalion plus the Soul Scryer, you've got those 400 points which can be spent on any allies you want. So you've got the likes of Darkling Covens using the new rules, uh, Daughters of Cain, again, new rules, 
Stormcast Eternals, even more Sylvaneth if you wanted. I still think your list works really well because the Sylvaneth basically take care of all the home objectives, right? Your Ancient's going to put that wood down. Your Dryads are going to dig in. Your Sylvaneth play the home board. The Deep can go on the offensive, don't they? You take your Eels with your Scryer. Maybe you take your Namati with your Scryer because your Namati now fly. Exactly. So you never know. Um, so there's a lot of options you've got there. And who knows if you put a Turtle in, maybe he goes with the Scryer. Do you think minimum units of... Uh, rather than 20 throughouts, you go two tens. Yeah, because it just gives you more charge options, doesn't it? Um, True. And, and also the Soul Scryer, is a, uh, you get plus three to charge anyway, don't you? Yes. So it's a six-inch charge. You can command point re-roll it. The one thing that you you be careful with Namati is that there are bravery six. So a big block of Namati thralls, for instance, very susceptible to battle shock. Yeah. So I think you go the two tens, and then it gives you more options, because you might not need a 20 to charge one unit you could send 10 thralls in and then 10 thralls could be elsewhere right so i think definitely two two thralls is really cool yeah and then maybe your your reavers could be your third unit um to you know you, you deploy your, your thralls almost as a screen to charge and you keep your reavers subsequently screening your soul scryer and so that you can then move because obviously you have to deploy outside of nine you know nine point zero zero one inches exactly. away. Um, yeah. so you don't get to do your kind of daca mode Stormfire whisper bow shots uh, but in the following turn especially if you do this off the back of a go- going into a chance for a double oh 100 that's always a big threat and you can still do your reavers deployed on, on your on your front line right and run the midboard turn one and still shoot so you've got you've got flexibility you, you can't run a shoot obviously because that's a sub-faction ability isn't it oh yes of course yeah but if you were running it in food turn if you're running it in brimdar then no but you'd still move eight and you could fly potentially you know in, yeah. in, in quotations so they can still move over a building and shoot um they've got a lot of options i think reavers are quite cool as well. and plus they can shoot off a screen you could literally just bring them on to shoot to put damage into a screen that you're going to charge into with your soul square yeah i like that so um how about this I, i've got i've got an idea i'm, I'm live tweaking the list <laughs> well right. the only thing i want to know is the dryads in your list are you painting them as coral yeah i mean obviously obviously obviously, obviously. okay yeah, that's yeah. fine that's fine just watching it very sea themed they could be part of your fish tank display board. Are you ready? And I, I genuinely might do this list. I'm genuinely tempted, right? We're, we're three drops. Wow, okay. Tidecaster. Yeah. Ancient. Yeah. Branch Witch. Yeah. Soulscorer. Throws. Alapex. Two units of Ishalin Guard. One unit of Reavers. Two units of Dryads. An extra unit of Throws to go with the Soulscorer. Mm-hmm. So you deploy your Soulscorer with two units, as per its normal rules. But Briondor yep. allows you to break three units. And you're thinking, well, what could I outflank that would be really, really effective at, with a six-inch charge? So if you could think of one thing that would be the most demoralizing thing to have charge into your flanks, what would it be? Aspect of the Storm? Come on. What's cooler <laughs> than an Aspect of the Storm? The Biodon? Exactly. There you go. I'm there we go. Example. A massive, great, hecking sea turtle. You know, you could swap out this for an, uh, a uh, an aspect of the sea or something. I think you. I think you take the Levide on the right for the plus one. Yeah, save, plus just one because it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's them. It's, buffing, it's always it's on, them it? buffing your Nama- it's, it's mm. I went for the combo with the Namati rather than the the kind of which I think is the right play on its own. And that's three forty rather than three thirty. So so this this mm. equally can can swap out for for one of the um. Uh, idols boom oh very i think that's cool. four drops actually because i've got the extra unit thr- thrust but but it's very cool and i tell you now no one has ever seen that army on the table no one has ever seen that army on the table i absolutely love a unique army and i genuinely think it's not terrible it's not brilliant i like obviously i was being uh facetious about you know how good it is and you know this is going to take over the meta mm-hmm. but i genuinely don't think it's that it's as bad as you might first consider no and i think you know the trio ancient's a decent hero the dryads can hold home objectives so your deep kin models don't have to 
you can go on the offensive. You've still got sharks. You've still got a Leviathan. Thralls and Reavers do damage. Um, I, I, it's not a bad list, you know. It's is it going to go five and zero? No, but if it went three and two, it wouldn't shock me. No, and also it would look cool. And I think that's my. It's unique, and it would look cool. And that's two of my big things when I'm when I'm thinking about uh, building an army. Is does it have a little bit of uh, a little bit of wow factor? And I genuinely think it does. Like. When when have you ever seen an Alliance of the Wooden Sea Army? I've only ever seen it on a page in Medeepkin Town. There we go. <laughs> and if well, I think it's not, really cool. If that's not enough to make you want to run an army, then then so be it. So um, can a tree lord... Uh, here's a question. Can you summon a Awakened Wildwood or something? Yeah, I believe so. He can generate one from his War Scroll, can't he? Is it from your War Scroll? I think he's got the ability to create one. Yes. Silent Communion. Here we go. Once per battle, in your hero phase, you can pick one friendly model with this ability and set up one awakened wildwood, wholly within 18 inches of that model, and set and more than one inches from any other models. So there we go. So not only are you blocking off, because you would get your um, your shipwrecks. You would. Through your Ideneth uh, Allegiance abilities, but you'd also be able to summon a free wood. Yeah. And, and because... the triads could go in there with the Tides of Death battle trait, and you'd have to shoot them because um, exactly. they're the closest unit. And so they do, would... do they not block line of sight anyway, Sylvaneth Wildwoods, Awakened Wildwoods? I want to say yes. I'd have to double check the Wildwood. Um, mm, but I'm pretty I... sure if you're inside it and you're stood there and you're the nearest unit, you can't be shot, right? Maybe. I think I'm now I'm now g- getting beyond my... <laughs> this list has grown <laughs> too many fins. <laughs> but yeah, maybe. We'd have to look into that. But certainly you can definitely mm. summon a list. Uh, yep. Summon a list, rather. Summon a wood. Um, yep. And you've got, your, you've got your two halves of ships, or rather your, your double halves... Uh, so two big chunky shipwrecks, yeah, and and it's also not that expensive to buy because you could buy a start collecting Sylvaneth box, which has got yeah. your um, branch witch dryads and tree lords. You'd only need you know eight more dryads because it comes with twelve. The start collecting Ideneth has what three three eels, uh, three reavers, uh, sorry ten reavers and a and a hero. Yep. So you would only need uh, some uh, an extra unit thralls. And a unit, sorry, it comes with 10 um, Thralls, not Reavers. So you'd need uh, an extra unit of Reavers. You'd probably buy two of the start collecting boxes so you get your double Thralls and your double double Eels. Yeah, like it's... Yeah, it's when you just stick a Levad on at the end and off you go. <laughs> not, not that cheap, but, you know, I think you're talking, what, 250 quid, less than that for an army? I might actually run this list at the shop because I'll just borrow some of Richie's dryads. I I'm might actually it. give it a I'm, go I, I, and I'll I would... WhatsApp you and say how it went. <laughs> right, if you want me to run this list... Send me a, a, a DM on Twitter and uh, and tell me that you think it's cool. Um, if everyone there DMs me and tells me you think it's a terrible <laughs> idea, then I won't do it. But if you think, how about this could be my 2021 army project? You have to do a fish tank display board in which all the dryads <gasps> go in as like little <gasps> little coral pieces. Yeah, you just bring have in to a do little it. glass tank. Yeah, you have to do it. All your dryads of the coral and amongst the pe- pebbles at the bottom. You've got your tree lord ancient, which is like your little big fish hut at the back, and then you've got all your fish above him flying around. Um, you have to do it, really, don't you? That's amazing. And when I get bored of running it, rather than yeah. selling the army, I could super glue all the models to the base of the fish tank, cover up their bases with pebbles so they just look like they're fighting, you know, amongst each other, and then fill up the fish tank with the water and put and, fish in it. And put fish in it. There you go. <laughs> I think it'd be super cool. I think it'd be. I, I, I would double. I'm going to double check a couple of rules because there's a great. There's a few grey areas on them because it's an old book. I'm going to play it at the shop, see how it goes because it might be one of those lists that you can play at your club for fun. You know, that could be my my 2020 uh, one army. It's certainly a great hobby project. It, well, that, exactly. And if even if your Alliance of the Wooden Sea 
gets removed from uh you know the next either deepkin book or indeed doesn't appear in the war scroll battalion uh, war scroll battalion the general's handbook for for next year then you've got half a deepkin army and half a sylvaneth army i was gonna say it's a great base isn't it a starting base for an army that's not ill focused um for either side exactly and you can just add to it yeah I'm tempted. It's a cool. When we said it was a fun list, you know, I'm certainly now you've inspired me to play it. I'm going to play it next week. I think, well, when lockdown ends. Yeah, absolutely. I just do need to say, like, at this point, this is the Dan Mitchell TM uh, Alliance of Wooden Sea build. So that's when, only fair. When, when this list takes off, it's, it's your list. You'll need to think of a Terradan replacement that's Alliance of the Sea focused. Yeah. I mean, that you could own. So I people know yeah. it's a proper TM then, isn't it? When you exactly. name it. Exactly. Yeah. So this is uh, listeners. This is your homework for this week, right? A. Tell me whether this list is a stupid idea or has got some legs. Send me a DM. I'm either at DangerMouse425 on Twitter, or you can find the podcast at Priority Roll on Twitter, and of course we are on Instagram as well. Um, James, where can they find you? Twitter at James underscore Tinsdale. Fantastic. Um, so ping me a message, uh, either on the Priority Roll uh, Twitter or indeed Instagram or indeed my personal one. Let me know whether A, this is a stupid idea uh, and whether I should do it or not. And B, if you can come up with an, an excellent pun that uses Alliance of the Wooden Sea or something Ardenethy or something Sylvanethy plus Dan, my name, clearly, uh, so that I can really put my own stamp on this and make, make sure that it's, you know, my list. And that way... I'm going to tell Tom Maudsley about this list. And then when he uses it to, I don't know, you know, win <laughs> face Hammer GT in 2021, I can mm. then, will then be even because yes. I, I stole the Terradan list from him. And then he, I feel like I need to give him something back. And this is, you know, this has the potential for greatness. Well, already I'm thinking of Woodan Deepkin, the Wooden Deepkin. There you go. Right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to delete this episode just for that. That's, that's <laughs> terrible. Get out. Right. Listeners, you've got to come up with something better than that because that's terrible. Right. Two questions for you, James. Yes. Let's do it. If Age Sigma was going to change forever, what would you keep? What would you protect? And if it was going to stay forever the same, what would you change? I would keep, I know everyone says this, but I would keep the priority role. Yes. Boom. Uh, I think it's a great, right, but you can't mechanic. say that. You can't say that because. It looks like I've paid you to say that for advertising for the podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's generally, I think it's one of the few things that attracts people to the game that is mis- misunderstood, but also a great tool for rule design, mission design, uh, and how players approach with their own strategy. Some players like to go all in on the double turn. Some people like to lose on the double turn and get annoyed. But I always say, like, people always ask me, I always say, you should never be in a position where the roll-off wins or loses you the game before turn four or five, right? Sometimes you've got to go in at the end but people say like, oh, he got turn two roll off on one. And I think, well, that doesn't sound like well, you. There's you, more you, you put yourself done. in that position. <laughs> yeah, like, we are. Exactly. That's, like, that's, not, all, that's not all them. No, I'm like, you know the roll's coming, you've left yourself susceptible and you've lost a roll off. You know, it's there should really be no excuse uh, that early in the game. You know, you've both got 2,000 points of models each. It shouldn't really be the case. But you see some people, and I understand, you know, it can be frustrating, but I love the priority roll. And I'm, long, long will it, con- or may it continue. And then if I had to, ch- if it was stagnant, I had to change something about the game. It's probably hard to answer. Um, there's, there's quite a few things, perhaps. But one thing I would change is the army compositions of how people write lists. And I'd have different factors in the lists um, and how they have built and approach their armies. And I would theme it around certain aspects of the law in each army. A bit, a bit much like battalions, but I go further into certain little subsets and stuff like that. But that's probably a longer chat for another day. But I would can love you, to do well, that can you more. give us Can you give us a brief example? And then perhaps 
this could be a topic for uh, a future episode. Yes. Okay. So in my eye, you take something like Futan, the Deepkin Enclave. I would break down, for instance, within the Enclave, um, a bit like Alliance um, subsets, but I would go further and say like units perform differently within that Enclave. So units gain additional rules and perform differently within that Enclave to suit its um, identity. So I, go, I, I give another layer, if you will. A bit like 40k, um, if all your detachments are from the same army, you get additional subset of rules. So if you go Namati heavy in a certain sub-faction, then you get yeah, well, well, Namati yeah, so- rules. So to simplify it, because I'm not just talking about Legion civilians, I'm talking about, so Deep can get their tides over all enclaves, but when you play an individual enclave, it grants different rules to the same units. So Thralls would behave differently within Futan as they would um, Morphan. They'd have different rules, uh, additional rules that they gain. So you would personalize your units even further. But maybe that's just me that wants that. Because I'd have additional flavor then. Because my Thralls then are different to your Thralls, and we're playing very different strategies with the same units. And some units might be at home in some enclaves, uh, more so than others. Obviously, you still get your enclave rules, but they wouldn't have the overarching enclave stuff that they have now. They would have those rules for certain units. So I think that would be quite a cool way to do it um, and give them more flavor. Because then you take something like an Arcanaut company, maybe it's a combat-focused in Mornar, maybe it's even more shooty-focused in Zilfin. Maybe they don't, they're not allowed to get out of the ships. I just think it'd be cool for my own narrative experience. I'm not saying it's good for the game. I'm just saying it's one thing I would, I would want to do. Fair enough. No, that sounds cool. Maybe we can, we can get you back on, James. And we can talk about yeah, it'd be great. It would be great, and it would be super cool. You know, in the future, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about in the coming year because Sigma is always you know full of releases, isn't it? So absolutely, and yeah. who Broken knows Realms, what we'll be next year? Who knows? Well, you do, sir, probably. Um, but uh, <laughs> Broken Realms Marathi is only book one, so I'm really, really Indeed. looking forward to seeing what other factions get boosts. Um, you know, perhaps factions that are potentially lagging somewhat, uh, what factions maybe get different perspectives, uh, and also which characters are, you know, because we have spoken quite extensively about the the, the narrative and the lore behind this, this side in both these episodes. And actually, you know, Age of Sigmar is a, a game and a background that is, is built and built around its characters. You know, the likes of Marathi, Archaeon, the Gash, and even the slightly kind of the, the, the tier two ones of, you know, Catacross or Vandas Hammerhand, you know, things like that. And I think it's really interesting seeing the lore develop in this way. Yes, we are primarily focused on, you know, tournament gaming and match play, but actually bringing effective units on the tabletop in line with how they perform in the lore. I think that's a healthy place for the game to be in. Because as you said in uh, last week, is the game designers aren't sat there thinking, Let's make eels as good as possible so that no one takes sharks. So you want to be sat there as an Ardeneth player thinking, do I take sharks? Do I take turtles? Do I take eels? Who knows? They're all viable. Let's go to three different tournaments and run three different lists. And I think that certainly, I certainly feel like this book has brought that question genuinely into the kind of the forefront of Ardeneth players' minds and that people are going to be building different styles of lists now and not just the cookie cutter eel list, which is the one that we started with last week at the beginning of last week's episode. Yeah, because obviously the eel list doesn't need any help. It's got better with Vortenus getting the mountain trait. So I'm sure you'll still see that everywhere. But yeah, and I think it's a really healthy direction for the game to be focused on. You know, it's focused on furthering the narrative of the wealth of the game um, beyond just competitive role-playing. Because remember, a lot of people play this game not at events, you know? So it's important that everybody's supported. And I think it's such a great, healthy direction for the game. Um, and long may it continue. And if anyone's read the Broken Round book, I mean, what a book. 
What a book. And it's a start. I can't imagine it's going to get better. On that happy note, James, thank you very much for joining us and tune in next week for another episode of Priority Roll. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Priority Roll.